0: So, it's mentioned in Bhagavad Gita. I raised this point the other day briefly, and uh, it may be worth elaborating upon given that a second instance. brings my mind to that section of the Gita, and that is the instance of your birth. Hmm? So you were born in the temple. Hmm. The other day I uh, found out that uh, Shasha, that she was born... You know Shasha? Shasha.
1: She
0: She was here, from Nosara. She was here yesterday. That She was born... uh, That her, her grandmother was a yogini that she taught and learned about yoga in 1941 <laughs> in, in, in the United States. And so she named her daughter Sita. She was here, Shasha's mother. Yes, yes, named Sita. And uh, so Sita was also practicing yoga and so forth. And, and then their daughter, her daughter, the granddaughter, also. But she was born in a family of yogis mm right, so I commented a little bit about that, and uh, now we we have your good company, and we learned that not only were you born in a family of yogis, but I guess bhakti yogis and in, 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 in the temple. <laughs> so that's very uh, yeah, that's very auspicious hmm? And as I mentioned, this type of birth is uh, is discussed in Bhagavad Gita. Are you all familiar with Bhagavad Gita, Marta? You know Bhagavad Gita? You've heard of it, right? A little familiarity. So, in in the um, in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Ashtanga Yoga is described with some mixture of bhakti. Hmm? And and in the sixth chapter of the Gita, this type of birth is is brought up. Hmm? And the context is very interesting. There, as I mentioned, Krishna is speaking about Ashtanga Yoga Hmm? and how if you have some mixture of Ashtanga Yoga with bhakti, you can attain shantarasa. Shantarasa. A type of um, spiritual perfection mm, in Vaikuntha. And um, in this section of the Gita, Krishna is,
2: I want to say, he's
0: compelling, compelling Arjuna to move from a religious orientation in life to a spiritual experiential orientation, to a mystical orientation. What I mean by that, of course, is that every different religion, like Christianity and uh Hinduism <laughs> and uh, Buddhism, uh Islam, they have the the wider section of people who are religiously oriented and they want, and, and they are concerned about moral um, adherence to follow the laws of God. Don't do this, and don't do that, and so forth. And they tend to think that this is the essence, or the sum and substance, the entirety of the teaching, hmm? morality. Hmm? Each of these traditions, however, has a mystical heart and a mystical representation. Hmm? Islam has the Sufis, for example. Hmm? Hmm? Hinduism has the different forms of Vedanta and yoga. Hmm? There are some esoteric forms of Christianity also. Hmm? And while these mystical traditions really represent... The, the heart of the tradition whereas the moral and religious orientation is very kind of superficial hmm? um, after all morality it only pertains to this world and, and it is a, a means to uh, try to make us better in this world It doesn't have much to do with the world thereafter, only to the extent that a moral life might be supportive hmm, of a spiritual life hmm, in that certain things that we might do to be morally correct hmm, would uh, might in some way create... Um, an environment and a state of mind within us that makes us more inclined or interested in real spiritual pursuit, in pursuit of mysticism and, and the spiritual experience, hmm? and and some concern with uh, with really um, the self. We talked about the Atma last night a little bit. Hmm? So, concern. mysticism is concerned with the self and its prospect. And religion is concerned with the false self, so to speak. Hmm? The bodily and psychological, the biological and psychological self and making it good in this world. Hmm? One is supposed to complement the other. Religion is supposed to complement mysticism. But oftentimes we find that the mystics are rejected even by the t- t- tradition that they 're part of. Jesus, for example, was a jew and and but he was a mystic hmm? and so he was re- rejected and crucified. Well he was rejected by the Jews and handed over to the romans and and crucified so While religion is 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 meant to foster mysticism, oftentimes what happens is mysticism appears very different, so different to the religious orientation that they think it has nothing to do with the religion. Hmm? So they want to hang them or burn them or nail them to the cross and so forth. Hmm? Hmm? So, at any rate, in this section of the Gita, the first six chapters of the Gita, Bhagavad Gita Krishna is trying to take Arjuna from a religious orientation to life to a spiritual orientation of life. Hmm? He teaches them you're not the body in this section. He teaches them about uh, uh, the need to move in the world without attachment and so on and so forth. Hmm? In the sixth chapter, he begins to teach about meditation. Hmm? All of this, Krishna is taking Arjuna from a religious orientation to a spiritual orientation, and that will culminate in the direct encouraging on the part of Krishna to Arjuna to become his devotee, to engage in bhakti, ananya bhakti. Hmm? Ananya bhakti. The Gita talks about many different disciplines, but it really only talks about one discipline, and that is ananya bhakti, exclusive bhakti, exclusive devotion to Krishna. When it talks about other traditions and other disciplines, it is indirectly emphasizing... The efficacy, the beauty, the charm, hmm? and the uh, um, superiority, if you will, of bhakti. Hmm? That means sometimes he Gita speaks directly about bhakti and glorifies it. Sometimes it speaks about other disciplines, so that we can have a comparative analysis. Really, it is a it's a kind of a very pluralistic the Gita. Hmm? It's a world religions course, well, on Hinduism. And it's ver- vera- really, it's a world religions course because it speaks about karma, jnana, and bhakti. Hmm? And in the context of that, um, well, yoga. Hmm? So if you look at these words very carefully and the meaning of them, hmm, properly understood, you see it covers the whole religious world whether it be Christian or Buddhist or or whatnot. hmm? The orientation, a karmic orientation to life, a a gyan or a knowledge orientation to life, an orientation, as we said the other night, about having, an orientation about being, an orientation about loving. hmm? So, Krishna wants to bring Arjuna to be a lover. hmm? This is what he wants. hmm? He's a fighter, and Krishna wants to make him a lover. Hmm? This is his, his task. And he's very artful in the way that he does that. Hmm? So the section that we are that, that your birth reminds me of is toward the very end of these six chapters. It's the moving in the direction of bhakti. Hmm? And Krishna speaking has been speaking about yoga and about the need to control the mind and the senses like i was speaking last night yoga is very much about control it's a very systematic method for controlling everything hmm? its goal is omniscience and a kind of unity with the paramatma so that you can know everything and you can control everything you can feel at ease you might think if i can control everything everything would be all right Mm-hmm. It's kind of how we live our life. We want to exercise more control, but the world and the circumstances don't don't afford us that often. So it's disconcerting to us. Mm-hmm. I want to make the point here that Bhakti is very different. Mm-hmm. Yoga plays into the psychology of the uh, non-liberated soul, the conditioned soul, who wants to control. Mm-hmm. It gives them a vehicle for controlling. It's very very sophisticated. Yoga is a very sophisticated method for controlling. Like I said, you can can control your internal organs. You can control your digestion. hmm? Control your mind. You can get powers of the mind that you would not otherwise have. hmm? You can say things to people. You can answer their questions before they ask them. This kind of thing you can do. Hmm? So it's very yoga is a very powerful vehicle. But here I'm talking about astanga yoga. Bhakti is also a form of yoga. Hmm? But it's not about controlling. It's like this. Hmm? You know You know the story of Draupadi? Draupadi? Draupadi was friend of Krishna. She is a Purisambandi. Means she loved Krishna like a friend in the city, just like Arjuna and Sakyarasa. Hmm? And Draupadi was the wife of the five Pandavas. Hmm? They all have some Sakyabhav, friendly love for Krishna in the city. Hmm? Not like in the village. Like Sridham, Suval, Krishna's cowherd friends. A little different. Hmm? See, the life of the five Pandavas and the Pandavas were put in some difficult situation politically hmm? and in the Mahabharata it's described that at, at, at some point uh, the enemies of the Pandavas they won Draupadi in a, in a, in a gambling match. Hmm? It's a long story how that all happened and so forth but, uh, but relative to the point as soon as they won her, they wanted to publicly um, disrobe her, and um, and and they and they knew that this would, of course, their enemies, as they thought of them, the Pandavas, would be disheartened and uh, and uh, defeated and so forth. So they began to pull on her sari. Dushashan, I think he would. He began to pull on her sari to unravel it and embarrass her in the public. Very mean, mean-spirited mean thing to do, obviously. And so she held on to the sari with one hand. And her other hand she raised to the sky and called Govinda. Govinda, a name for Krishna. Very much a name for Krishna that speaks about him in terms of Sakyarasa. Especially the Sakyarasa of Vrindavan. Hmm? Govinda. So while she's holding one hand up, calling Krishna Govinda, Krishna Govinda, the other hand she's holding on to her sari. But it's unraveling. It's not working. So what did she do? You know? She put both hands up. She stopped trying to hold on to the sari Hmm? and control the situation. On the strength of her mental or physical or intellectual abilities, she just gave up like this. This is what it means. You understand? We, we, we chant Hare Krishna and Kirtan, and sometimes you see, they go like this. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Krishna Varnam Tisakrishnam Sangopang astraparshadam yagnai san Sankirtana Prayer Yajanti hi He described like this in the Bhagavat, Srimad Bhagavatam. It said, people who are sumedasa, very intelligent, they have put their hands up like this. <laughs> they know they cannot control everything. Hmm? But it's big, they cannot control anything, really. Hmm? There is a controller. Hmm? And he says in Gita in another place that, jagatapasam savaloka maheshwaram I am the enjoyer of everything, Krishna says. I am, everything is meant for me. I am the controller of everything. When you hear that, you think, oh my gosh, what's left for me?
2: And then he says,
0: no, don't think like that. Suridam sarvabhutanam. He says, if you understand and you accept the fact, it's a simple fact,
2: that everything is meant for me,
0: that I am the enjoyer of everything, I am the controller of everything, If you just accept the fact, surhidam sarabhutanam, then I'll be your friend. Now suddenly, you found out somebody was the controller and enjoyer of everything. You think, what's left for me? And then suddenly you became the friend of the one who owns and controls everything. Then, what is your position? Hmm? If you are the friend of the person who owns and controls everything, you don't have to bother with trying to own, hmm, to control or to know, you just love your friend, and he takes care of you. Something like that. This is bhakti. Hmm? So put both hands up. Hmm? Bhagavad says those who are very intelligent they will do like this. They will put both hands up, and 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 they will do it by following Krishna in the form of Chaitanya Dev, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Who is Krishna? He is Krishna. Hmm? But what 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 is what kind of what kind of Krishna is he? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, but he is Krishna who, in his most introspective moments, hmm, saw the measure, the extent of Radha's love for him and thought.
2: He thought like this I am God.
0: I am the perfect object of love. I can reciprocate in love with everyone however they approach me. Hmm? Love will be evaluated on a scale of reciprocation. The more there is reciprocation between two, the more we find there is love there. Krishna said, I can reciprocate with anyone. However they approach me, I can reciprocate in kind. I'm the perfect object of love, he said. But, when I see Radha, everyone is attracted to me but I find myself attracted to her. He's thinking, "What does this mean? Hmm? How, will I, how do I un- how am I to understand this?" Hmm? He says, "I love Radha. My mind goes to her. That's a fact. Hmm? All my senses are drawn to her hmm? directly. But when I see her love for me, it's..." Super extraordinary because my flute sounds very attractive. If any devotee hears my flute, they will come running to me. Hmm? But if she hears the bamboo in the forest, in the wind, rubbing up against one another, making a sound, that's not my flute, but it reminds her of my flute and she goes mad without directly hearing the flute. Just something reminds remind her of the flute. And she goes mad. Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> and so it is with all of her senses. That is for the sense of hearing, and for the sense of touch, sense of sight. I have my, I'm, I am sham, Krishna. My complexion is dark, means. This is the color. Sham in Indian aesthetics is the color of r- romantic love. Hmm? Hmm? The color that corresponds with this emotion, romantic love. This is Krishna's complexion. Hmm? So he's a lover. Hmm? He's sham. Hmm? He's dark. And when Radha sees a tree, the tamal tree, which is very dark, hmm? maybe the sun is just going down. She sees the tamal tree. Tree can look like a person at a distance, she'll run out to the tree and embrace it and think... It's not Krishna directly, but it somehow re- just reminds her of Krishna. So just things that just remind her senses of Krishna drive her crazy. So he thinks her love is super extraordinary. I love her. Bharat, the great teacher of secular, Ras, Shastra, I mean, the the, the teacher in India of the of the arts, music, drama, and how to draw emotion out of the arts and drama. Hmm? the Shastra he wrote, Bharat. Hmm? Bharat, it is said... <laughs> so many points come, <laughs> you have to forgive me. It is said in Bhagwat, Tene Brahma muhyanti yatsūraya. Hmm? Tene Brahma... It is said the, the original... Hmm, the Adikavi, the original learned person. Hmm? He was infused with knowledge about Brahma, about spirit, about consciousness from Krishna. Krishna infused in the heart of the Adikavi. Adikavi could mean Vyas. Hmm? It could mean Brahma. It could mean Rupa Goswami. Hmm? It could mean Bharata, hmm, who taught about Shastra? Because Shastra hmm, in in the world of the secular arts, hmm, is only a reflection of real rasa. hmm. Real rasa means bhakti rasa. hmm. Why? Because rasa means taste. hmm. And there is no real taste that we can experience in relation to matter, except for one taste. Disgust. Bibhatsa. If you taste matter, hm or if you experience matter with your ears, material sounds, material tastes, material touch, material forms that you see. Hmm. Try it. Use your ears. Listen Do you have a favorite song? Besides Hare Krishna? You, you think I have a favorite song? I like this group. They play this song. I like it so much. Keep listening to it, and you will become disgusted with it. And that will happen. You can only play it so many times, and then you think, "Oh God, I've got to hear that. I heard one musician. He said, "I had to play that song every every day, every night of my life. Uh, I wrote it. People like it. I have to sing it every night of my life, practically." Hmm? So this is the. It, this is. That's what Krishna says in the Gita. He says what? um, From the yoni, from the... the, What does he say? Um, From the womb of attachment, attachment with my senses to material sounds, forms that I see with my eyes, tastes, smells, things to touch. Attachment to those things is the womb from which suffering is born. Hmm? So Jiva Goswami, he said, commenting on secular Ras Shastra, how, you know, this is very sophisticated, the, the world of the arts, the opera, drama, and hmm? uh, you, you try to create, well, you're, you're, you're an actor, Fernanda, so you know, you, you, uh, you express emotions in, in drama and you get lost in the drama and so forth. And, you kind of get separated a little bit from your material reality and you're in another reality you you're that person in the role if you've done it right you've become the person you become the captain of the soccer team hmm, right that you were playing in that movie <laughs> so you uh, this is the perfection of the acting you get removed one step from loosened from your bodily and mental identification and entered into another another space, something like that. It's a quasi kind of spiritual uh, ex- experience, very subtle and sophisticated and drama hmm, of the arts. Hmm, hmm. But Jiva Goswami says, in all of this secular rasa, even the most sophisticated and subtle form, and you're artist, musician, you know, subtle forms of material involvement. Mahaprabhu said, ba Kavitam means the arts, drama, poetry, secular music and so forth. It moves you and so It dislocates you from your present position. And <laughs> it creates emotion and, and so forth. Hmm? He says, this, I have no taste for this, Mahaprabhu said. Jiva Goswami said, the only rasa that we can experience in the secular realm of rasa is vibhatsa. It is a taste. It's called disgust. Ooh, that tastes disgusting. That sounds terrible. Ooh, I don't like and have you listened to your favorite song enough times you'll say, Oh, it's disgusting. I can't listen to that again. Ah. This is so this is the nature of material experience. Hmm? But this Bhagavat says Tene Brahmirdari Kovye the original Bharat, the original Kavya, Hm Poet. It means poet. The original poet Bharat who taught the science of poetry, the art of poetry, the math of poetry, the rules of poetry and drama in India, hmm? who taught this. Hmm? This was infused in his heart by Krishna. Hmm? But he didn't fully understand it. He made a big mistake, hmm? a couple of them. Hmm? Hmm? He didn't understand that for rasa to be fully tasted and experienced in the full sense of the term, it has to be centered on Krishna. It has to be bhakti rasa. Hmm? That is one thing. And he also misunderstood a very central point of bhakti rasa, uh, the most central point of bhakti rasa. Hmm? And how he misunderstood, this is how. He wrote like this, that in romantic love, the lover and the object of love in in enjoy equally. Hmm? Krishna's Kaviraj writing about this is Bharat, he misunderstood the whole teaching. Hmm? He threw his pen Krishna speaking. Kaviraj's pen. And he says, Bharat does not know about Rasa. Hmm? He misunderstood. Hmm? He learned about it, but he was bewildered. He didn't quite get it. He didn't understand it. See what a foolish thing he's written. If we play this out, it means in romantic love between Radha and Krishna, they enjoy equally. No. Hmm? Radha's position and her experience exceeds that of Krishna's thousands of times, he says. Hmm? He says, I love her. My senses are completely attracted to her. But if anything, even remo- remotely, indirectly, reminds her of me, her of me, it drives her mad. What is, what's going on with her? Hmm? What is her position? Then he realizes her position is that she sees something in me that I don't even know about, that I don't even experience. Hmm? Sugar is sweet, but it cannot taste itself. Hmm? Radha is manifest from Krishna. Take the. Another example. You can make sounds with your mouth, hmm? with your breath. With your breath you can make sound. But if you take a flute and put it to your breath, so many sounds. Hmm? Radha is like the flute hmm? of Krishna's pran, hmm? his breath. Hmm? And so much comes of it when we put the flute in front of Krishna's breath. Oh, then so many sounds come. That Krishna Himself is attracted to that. In 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 Buddhism, we want to listen to our breath. Hmm? <laughs> in bhakti, we want to listen to the breath into the flute, hmm? something like that. This is just an example hmm? to say that that what is in Krishna comes out hmm? in the form of rod. His sruup shakti, hmm? sruup shakti ananda. That is different from sruup ananda. The Swarup, the bliss of Krishna his his swarup his nature his form hmm? that is one thing but swarup shakti ananda that is another thing altogether hmm? and he that is he is enamored by that hmm? so he wanted to taste that he realizes yes i am the perfect object of love hmm? i am god i thought for a minute maybe i wasn't god maybe it's her <laughs> hmm? everyone worships me but i worship her Maybe they got it wrong. So he's in some kind of crisis. Then he thinks, "No, I am God and now I can understand that what she is all about is me. She's all about me. Hmm? She's all about me only. Hmm? She's so much about me hmm, that she knows things about me and experiences things about me that I have no experience of. So if I want to know myself, I have to know from her perspective. Hmm? From her perspective, hmm? this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna becomes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? and he comes in the world. And what does he do? Krishna's a flute player. We know that. Hmm? But in Chaitanya Leela he's not playing flute. He's playing this drum. This is the flute. Krishna incarnated as Chaitanya. The flute came as the drum. Hmm? That is a fact. Hmm? And what is he doing, Krishna? Hmm? This is his way. Krishna varnam tisa Krishna sangopangasta parashadam prayaya Jantihi Sumeda. So Those who are intelligent, they will put their arms in the air like this Hmm? and chant Hare Krishna and give up like Draupadi. And what happened when she put both hands up where she was holding her sari, her cloth, one hand Govinda, Krishna, Govinda, Krishna but it's unraveling. Then she gave up. I can't do anything. Krishna, Govinda. And then The more they pulled, the more sorry that was there. Hmm? They pulled and pulled and pulled and they couldn't unravel it. Hmm? This is bhakti. Hmm? You bring the controller of everything into your life. I met a young man a couple of years ago. Hmm? He had long hair, dreads, you know, dreadlocks, long hair. I was speaking to him about bhakti and he uh, he said, I think I might want to join your group. Hmm? I said, yes, you're welcome to join us. Hmm? And you're welcome not to join us. It doesn't matter to us. We're just crazy about this and we talk about it. Hmm? If people like it, that's good. If they don't like it, that's okay also. Hmm? We don't mind. Hmm? We don't say it's perfect, but it's pretty good. (laughs) It's perfect for us. If it's perfect for you, then we get together. Hmm?" He said, but only one thing. I'm afraid I'm going to have to shave my head. Hmm? Of course, the monks, they shave their heads, but everybody does it. But I said to him, I laughed, I said, oh. I said, and what is the problem with that? He said, all my power is in my hair.
2: Hmm?
0: (laughs) Then I said, you see, this is the difference between what I'm talking about and what you're interested in. We're not interested in getting power. We're interested in serving the one who's actually powerful. Hmm? Even if he shaves his head, like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, (laughs) is Krishna, Keshava, means who has beautiful long hair. Hmm? And Chaitanya Dev he shaved his head as a sannyasi, a renunciate. Krishna is so charming, so beautiful. Hmm? There was a statistic that somebody told me about some years ago in America. It might have changed, but this was about 15 years ago. This fellow had read a statistic and he said, the one thing that the women like least in men is shaved heads hmm he told me <laughs> I laughed I don't know if it's true I don't know if they can make a statistic like that but they, they did some survey or something like that hmm? so the point is only that uh, this is a way the shaving head for the monk is a way of doing away with vanity in a simple dress like this just some, some cloth wrap me in a sheet and shave my head and not, what I look like it doesn't matter hmm what I have does not matter. but what what I, How I feel for Krishna, this matters. Hmm? So Krishna, he had long, beautiful hair. He's a very nice dresser. Hmm? Also, very meticulous. This is one of his beautiful qualities. <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Very, very meticulous dresser. Hmm? And he comes chasing after Radha's love to experience it as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he forgets to wear what he's wearing. He's unconcerned about what he's wearing. He just wraps himself in a cloth. Shaves his head, hmm? Hmm? and chants Hare Krishna. And when he chants, his arms go like this. These are his weapons, hmm? by which he conquers everyone by love, by affection, by the. He has a, He is a madness, and there is some method to his madness that is this chanting, kirtan. Hmm? So this bhakti yogam it's a little different than Astanga Yoga. Hmm? It's not concerned with controlling, hmm? but for loving the controller, by which the controller will, his heart will melt and come under your control. That is bhakti. Krishna akarshani means it has the power to overwhelm Krishna. Krishna is the supreme controller, but by bhakti,
2: hmm?
0: he will be overwhelmed. Hmm? This is a very beautiful idea. Hmm? So in sixth chapter of the Gita, Krishna is moving Arjuna from religious life to mystical, spiritual life, to knowledge of the Atma and the Paramatma. Hmm? And he's bringing him in the direction to Bhagwan and the theology of the Gita and Bhakti. And just as he's going in that direction, hmm, towards Bhakti, Arjuna makes a point. He asks a question. He says, this yoga you're talking about that involves controlling the mind, it's very difficult. He says, I think it might be like trying to control the wind. How do you do that? What does Arjuna say? What does Krishna say? Hmm? He says, you're right. It's hard to control the mind. Yoga is a very sophisticated system, method for controlling the mind, but it's difficult to do. He says, but in yoga it's possible by practice and by detachment. It's possible. In bhakti, the full face of yoga, it's a different thing. Radha is trying to forget about Krishna. She thinks, that scoundrel Krishna... They're liking this very much, these frogs. They seem to like this discussion very much. <laughs> in Bhakti, we find Radha and the gopis. Krishna left Vrindavan and he went to Mathura and Dwarka. And they thought, he met us in the night. We came out of our homes to meet him. We gave everything to him. Now he's gone. We hear he's married to some princesses in Dwarka. Hmm? We should forget about him. Hmm? They are trying to forget about Him. And they only it's only causing them to think about Him that much more. Yogis are trying to think about Krishna. And gopis, the highest devotees, they're trying to forget about Him. They cannot. Hmm? What kind of yoga is that then? Hmm? This is yoga of the heart, by which we can make a bond, a union with Bhagwan that can never be broken. Hmm? That will that we'll conquer the Supreme Controller. Hmm? It shows itself like this. Hmm? But in this section, Arjuna is just just a, trying to move in the direction of mysticism, but he has a doubt because of his previous religious orientation. So he says, Krishna, if I go in the direction of yoga and the direction of bhakti that you're taking me in ultimately, but what if I'm not successful there? Hmm? What if I don't make it? What will, what will happen to me then? Hmm? Because I will have given up the religious laws. And all the the, the the dharma you're supposed to do this you have to do this you can't do that and hmm? you see these are two ends of the spiritual spectrum. There's bhakti, and then there's karma marg. In karma marg there are so many laws, and you have to do everything exactly right or you won't get the result. Hmm? Where there is no love, there are laws. Where there is love, there are no laws. Hmm? Dharma, Arjuna is very good at following all the dharma laws. Now he would, he would sarva dharma, and put it. Krishna is encouraging him to give up the dharma. But wait, if I give up the dharma, then oh, the gods will be displeased with me. The goddesses will be displeased with me. Hmm? And what if I'm not successful in yoga or in bhakti? Hmm? Then what will happen to me? I'll be like a cloud that just disappears. Hmm? Krishna says, "Dugatim tatagacchatis." Oh. Dear one, hmm? my friend, don't think like that, he said. What he says is, if you do yoga and ultimately if you do bhakti, hmm? if you do bhakti, hmm? imperfectly, if you do imperfectly bhakti, hmm? you will attain more than you can attain by perfectly following the religious orientation to life. hm if you perfectly follow that, hmm, you will not get what you can get from imperfectly pursuing mysticism. He says, because if you perfectly follow the religious dharma in Hinduism, you go to heaven for millions and millions and millions and millions of billions of years. It's so long you think, well, that's just don't worry about it. I'll be there forever, practically. But it will come to an end. Hmm, and again, they come down to earth. Hmm, and start over again. Hmm? And Krishna says, if you do yoga imperfectly, if you do bhakti, more so, imperfectly, hmm, the worst thing that can happen to you is you go to heaven hmm, for a long time and you will come back down. But when you come back down, you will start yoga again. Hmm? And you will be born in a family that's conducive to yoga. Do, do uh, They say... <laughs> uh, Oh, I used to know all these verses from Gita, but now I'm so old I can't remember them. Say, I don't that. My is not as good. What does he say there? He says, uh, Kule Bhavati Dimata. Hm? Kule Bhavati Dimati. You will be born in two ways. If your practice is not completely perfect, hm? Not very perfect. It's not very perfect. It's kind of imperfect. Uh, not very developed, but you, but you are on the path. Then you will go to heaven. Hmm? And all, you have all, you have all kinds of enjoyment there with no suffering. Hmm? Then you will come back to this world and you will take birth in a family, like middle class family. Hmm? You have some, you don't have to worry about your sustenance. Hmm? And your, your yoga sanskar. Will come to the surface, and again you'll practice. Hmm? And he says, if you're more perfect in your practice, but not completely perfect, then you won't even go to heaven. Hmm? You will take birth kule bhavati Dimati, You will take birth in a kule in a family of yogis. Hmm? In effect fa- you will be born in a family of devotees. You will be born in the temple. Hmm? This is very auspicious. <laughs> this kind of birth. Hmm? And you'll have a natural tendency toward bhakti, a samskara for bhakti, and will come to the surface again. Hmm? And I say that this is happening to all of you. Some of you are born in temples, born in families of devotees, and some of you are here. Why this makes sense to you a little bit, what I'm saying, these things? Because you have some scar, some samskara for bhakti from your previous life. Hmm? And now in this life, at a certain point, Certain karma has been expended and interest in this is again coming little bit, little bit, and you have some psychology to be able to understand it, a little some feeling for it. Hmm? It is a very auspicious opportunity, Bhakti. You should guard that opportunity Hmm? by keeping in the association of sadhus. Hmm? Saintly persons, advanced devotees, they are like the fire. It will gradually cook us and make us offerable to Krishna. Hmm? It is a gradual process, but you, like cooking is gradual, but you have to have the fire on. Hmm? So you have to have good association hmm? to flourish. So we create a facility like this at Bhagawan, at, at Madhavan, excuse me, to, to facilitate that, to give opportunity for people to come, have association, to discuss these things, to hear about these things. To raise their hands like this. Hmm? Hare Krishna. I give up. <laughs> I can't do it myself. That's right. And they're all raising their hands. Hare. Haribol. Bahudule, Gaud <laughs> Hari. This means both hands up. So this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. It's very beautiful, very charming. This is Krishna himself teaching about how to understand himself. Hmm? Hmm? This is the method to his madness. It's just—it's very simple, very user-friendly. Comparatively, yoga is a little bit difficult. Yoga may be good for exercise and and a little little breath control, a little mind control. But bhakti—this is very, very powerful. Hmm? So we encourage you all to take advantage of it, like all these frogs who live here. They're chanting, actually. See, they're they're hearing this and they're trying to chant. We should think like that. Here in Madhuvan, every creature has some sukriti for bhakti. This this place was sitting here for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, waiting for Daoji Gopal to come and sit on the throne, bring his his devotee, their devotees, and manifest this place. And all the frogs and monkeys and all, they're not... They're chanting, those monkeys. Hmm? You notice they chant at Mangalārti That's the time they chant, just at the break of day. In case you didn't get up to the arctic, they're waking you up. They're the natural alarm clock here. Wake up, wake up. Hmm? They're saying, wake up. Radha and Krishna, you have to get back to your homes before they catch you out here. Hmm? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) So... Take advantage of your good birth. That is, This is a place for that. It's come. Are you from Costa Rica? Then you're born here. Yes. They've come to your country. Hmm? Manifesting a place just for you to take advantage of. You can come and stay here. Spend time as much as you like. Hmm? And you'll be reminded of your good opportunity. Because good opportunities are only as good as we take advantage of them. Hmm? Right? So. That is our brief discussion for this evening. Oops. Hmm. Any question? What is the time? Seven twenty-five. Good timing. Hmm. Yes, Gorsuna. What's
1: the position of the cowherd boys who come from heaven and appear in the Krishna Leela? Because you said that someone who's more perfect is born directly into a family,
0: someone who's a little less perfect is born to heaven first, and then. Why do they go to heaven? Uh, That's arrangements for Krishna-lila. Because Brahma was told by Vishnu to get the the gods and everybody to take birth on earth to facilitate Krishna-lila. So they're sent there waiting for Krishna-lila. It's a special arrangement. It's not the norm. Hmm? They're waiting in heaven for Krishna to make his appearance staying in the world. Hmm? That's another way to look at it. They'll stay there for millions of years so they can stay for a long time. Hmm? Rather than going back to the Leela or they could go directly I suppose from from passing from this world take birth in the Leela but it's some special arrangement. There's no other explanation given. Hmm? But we know as I say that Vishnu told Brahma, call the gods, tell them to take birth. Hmm? That's why in some sampradayas they think gopis are God, are, are apsaras and, from heaven and so forth. Hmm? But Gaudiya people, Gaudiya Acharya's have explained very very clearly how that's not the case. Hmm? And so some of them are holding a position there, hmm? waiting for the Leela to manifest. What else? Yes.
1: Yes. Um, Today is a karsee. In karma mark, it's inauspicious, and in bhakti mark is auspicious. Mm-hmm. You can tell us what's the difference and what's the importance for.
0: Ramesh is saying that today is a karsee, and so in the karma mark, it's thought to be inauspicious, and bhakti mark it's thought to be auspicious. Once I was walking with Prabhupada, hmm? and uh, one of my godbrothers asked Prabhupada, "Prabhupada, is bhakti is 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 is?" is um, is Ekadasi inauspicious or auspicious? It's the eleventh day of the waning moon and the eleventh day of the waxing moon. Eka, eka, Ekadasi means eleventh. Hmm? So it's a certain face of the moon hmm? and we observe it. And so he asked, is Ekadasi an inauspicious day or is it an auspicious day? And Prabhupada said, no, it is auspicious day. It's not for fasting, it's for feasting. Now, some of you have been fasting today, so you think, wait a minute. <laughs> so what does that mean? The corrupted, no, it is most auspicious. It is not for fasting, it is for feasting. Hmm? So, what does he mean by that? He means this, that Krishna, the supreme enjoyer, devotees want to offer him all nice things. Hmm? Really, they are offering their heart to him. Hmm? If we have things, we should offer the things because the things are extensions of our own hearts. They are our desires. We should give them to Krishna. Hmm? Ultimately, Krishna is the man who has everything except for one thing and that is his heart has been stolen by Radha so we can give him our hearts hmm? that he will accept. patram palam toyam yome bhakti tadaham bhakti uparita Krishna says, if you offer me just a little flower or fruit or water, which you can get anywhere, with love, I will accept that loving offering. Twice he says, if you offer with bhakti. So he means, if you give me your heart, hmm, then I will accept the offering. Hmm? This is what I want, your heart, everything. In other words. Hmm? It sounded like I just wanted a fruit or a flower, what but no, I want everything. Hmm? I want to give myself completely to you, and I can only do that if you give yourself completely to me. Hmm? We think, well, that's a pretty good equation. If Krishna gives everything to us, himself entirely to us. We'll certainly, what do we have to offer? Hmm? Anyway, so we give our heart. Hmm? So, Krishna the supreme enjoyer. Right? But on ekadasi. Ekadasi, the moon governs the tides of the ocean. So it's thought that During the ecodicy, the fluids of the body, our human body is made mostly of water, liquid. Hmm? On the ecodicy day, the fluids on the water, on the body, will press, give pressure on the senses. The tides of those bodily waters and fluids will exert some pressure on the senses, just like the tide rises high during certain phases of the moon. Hmm? And so the tendency our tendency to enjoy materially will be increased on ecodasy. Therefore, in the karma market, oh, then you have to curb that by fasting. Hmm? That will diminish the pressure of the waters on the body. Hmm? Because you might be pressed by your senses to enjoy and do something that you shouldn't do. Hmm? Which the senses also, some, and the mind wants sometimes. Hmm? Things that are not in your interest. So... so Fasting is prescribed. Hmm? But the devotees, they have a different thinking. The devotees are not even thinking about their bodies. Hmm? They're only thinking about Krishna's form. Like Mahaprabhu, he just—he wasn't thinking how he looked, shaved his head, put on a robe. Hmm? He's only thinking about the beautiful form of Krishna, hmm? trying to serve the form of Krishna. So he caught it, and he's thinking in the aprakat, aprakat lila. He's thinking like Krishna... He's in the mood of Rad. He's thinking Krishna is my lover, hmm? my beloved, the object of my love. Hmm? And on this day, it's Ekadasi. So though he's a great enjoyer, his capacity to enjoy will increase on this day, hmm? because it's Ekadasi. Although he can enjoy unlimitedly, hmm? you see, in the apricot notion of the lila, the human-like idea of Krishna, you think, oh. His capacity to enjoy is increased on the Therefore, we have to offer him more. Therefore, we have to make a feast. Hmm? We have to offer a feast to Krishna. It's a He can enjoy more on today. Hmm? So, But we are so busy making the feast for Krishna and arranging for other enjoyments for him that we forget to eat ourselves. Hmm? So we're also fasting on the But by forgetting about eating... Hmm? And typically, ikadasi is observed by staying up all night. How do you stay up all night? They stay up all night chanting and talking about Krishna, glorifying Krishna. They forget to sleep. This is how to observe ikadasi in bhakti. It means that the more we become absorbed, vishikena This is bhakti. When our senses are engaged in the service of the master of the senses hmm? that is bhakti hmm? then nidraahara vihara kari vitito sankipubaka nama the, the Goswamis, followers of chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they forgot to eat they forgot to sleep hmm? they had no fear of anything hmm? because they were so preoccupied hmm? with protecting krishna they thought <laughs> feeding Krishna, he must be hungry. He's a young boy. Hmm? And he has to go out herd cows all day. Hmm? And Radha is going to cook for him. You have to assist her and make a big feast every morning. Hmm? Huge feast is made every morning. And the Kadasi, even more preparations. So this is the different perspective from the Bhakti point of view. It's auspicious. Hmm? The bhakta's life is only about pleasing the senses of Krishna. So... It's a day of feasting, not fasting. Because your preoccupation is not with your own senses, with Krishna's senses. So, make a feast. The fact that you fast is inconsequential. Hmm? Your senses are feasting on on, on preparing the feast for Krishna. That is the enjoyment in bhakti. Hmm? That my senses are used to please Krishna's senses. If I use my senses to please Krishna's senses, things will happen to my atma. Hmm. My Atma will be nourished in a way that hmm. I will know spiritual emotion and, and, and ecstasy that I would not otherwise. Hmm. So, that that's a okay, short answer.
1: Back to Mark. Yeah. And Ryan Mark, excuse me. Thinking like that. Offering, but Also offering, but no grants. Uh, Take it. Offering a feast. Mm. Why no grains? In Badi Mark? In, yeah, also in, in our Mark.
0: Yeah, and, and it depends. Different moths may do differently, but mm, mm, many moths, they, they, if you, they may depend. If you may offer to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you may worship him as a devotee. Mm. He observed a so then you offer him a prayer. preparation. Depending on the the bhava of the devotee. Or if you offer to Krishna, then we, we can offer all off that kind of nice thing to him. Hmm? Possible. Hmm?
1: But why do devotees not take grains?
0: Oh, grains. Oh, you asked your question. Why not grains? Why? Because in the vegetarian diet, it's thought in India, that the grains are the... If you haven't eaten grains, you haven't eaten. If you go to South India... There they cannot grow wheat very well. Just like here in Costa Rica. We grow rice, not wheat, although in Nicaragua they grow wheat. Anyway, in South India they grow rice. So the main meal is rice. If you go into Indian restaurant and say rice please, then it means rice and a few other vegetables and things like that. The main meal is rice. If you go to North India, it's wheat, chapati. So if a South Indian goes to the north and they bring him nice a nice lunch plate there's no rice he thinks no rice how can I I haven't eaten if I haven't eaten rice if the North Indian goes to the South there's no chapatis there's no chapatis it's not a meal in North America if you don't eat meat you haven't eaten people think like that right? They think. one of my students he went home to visit his parents father said open the refrigerator you can there's all kinds of food in there. You can make whatever you want. So he's of course he's a vegetarian so he was making a sandwich with lettuce and cheese and tomato and avocado, hmm, avocado and so and then his father came in and said, "Aren't you going to put anything on it?" <laughs> father thought if you don't have meat on it, then you don't have you have not eaten. Hmm. So so, so, so because the grains hmm, are this, the the, the ma- vegetables are like extra, fruits are extra as thought. Hmm? The main meal. Then hmm, for this reason, if you don't eat grains, it's thought that's a kind of fasting. Hmm? It's a kind of fasting. It's a you can fast entirely from grains and fruits and water even. That is one way to observe a codice, But mostly they observe today by not taking grains. Hmm? There's other explanations, also, uh, the grain, the grain is thought to, is thought to carry karma, hmm, significantly. So, in some ways, it's it's thought to be, better to avoid on the kundalini. It's a whole story, but I won't go into that. Another question? No. Okay. So nice to see with you and.
1: They're going tomorrow. Anna.
0: Uh, go? Oh well, I miss you.
1: And Martin.
0: You're gonna go? You're all gonna leave? Oh goodness! It'll just be us and the frogs here, chanting. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: hmm? well, I think they're coming when you come into San Jose. Okay, that'll
0: be nice. Yeah. Or 27, 20, 20, 27? The is twenty-eight.
1: Twenty-eight, twenty-eight. Twenty-seven, 28, 29. 27 28.
0: And if, Anna, if you don't come soon, we'll have to go to Tamarindo to get you.
1: She's going to Panama.
0: To Panama. Okay. Shisidavaji Gopal ki jai. go Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi.